We start out in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 16, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed, appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. John 14, 13, And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, Man, this is getting really good. Man, ask anything in my name. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of Him. Father, we thank You this morning. Pray that we learn, Lord, how to pray today imitate you. In Christ's name, everyone said amen and amen. Smile at the person behind you one more time because you're ready to sit down. You don't know them. I want to make sure we're on friendly terms. Everybody in here has a wish list. If, you know, if you're like me, you've got a wish list. If you had everything you wanted, you might not have a wish list, but most people that I know are not like that. We, we deem success in this country by, um, by the percentage of things you want and the percentage of things you don't have. So we deem people successful as if they, want, if they have everything they want, right? Oh, man, that guy's successful. Look at him. Or I should rephrase it. We deem people successful if they have everything that we want. Like, look at him. He's famous. He's, he can buy anything he wants. So... So what happens is we run around with a list in our head. Maybe, maybe you're really organized. Uh, my wife is extremely organized. She has a list. I keep a running tally in my head. So my list probably changes a lot more than hers, depending on how hungry I am. But what happens is uh, I think a movie uh, made a thing called the bucket list famous, right? The bucket list. So you have, a, you have a list of things that you love to do or love to accomplish or, or, you know, those motivational speeches. If you had all the money that you ever could imagine, what would you do with it? You know, like, I'd eat McDonald's every day. So, so you, we all do that. We kind of write down, man, if I could do anything. So what happens is a lot of times in our lives, our prayers start to go according to that. We're, we're asking God Four things that we want and we desire and we think are beneficial to us. And, and so, so our prayer conversation with God goes like that. Like, Lord, man, if you really do this for me. Come on, if you're like me, you've made deals with God over the years, right? God, if you do this one thing for me, I'll serve you for real this time. For real. Like, it won't be like last week where it was like 30 days. Or last time where it was like 30 days. Like, I promise you, you came through for me and I was like, man, this is cool, but now it's not. I'll be serious this time, so we try to make deals with God. But we want what we want, don't we? So I started thinking about the frequency of answered prayer. And by the way, our church has been seeing a lot of prayer answered lately. There's an answer to prayer actually sitting in the third row, like right there. Yeah. 
Her name happens to be Debbie Kruger, and she's not supposed to be out of the hospital yet. But we prayed. We had confidence that God was able, capable, willing. We prayed. We prayed in Jesus' name. Just like they told us, right? Pray anything in my name. Lord, can you heal Debbie and give us some ice cream at Connect Group? You know what I'm saying? We want to tag it on like a, like a spending bill in Congress, you know, like tag it on. Like, heal Debbie and I need a new truck. <laughs> make my marriage better and I want a bass boat. Like, I mean, sometimes that would make your marriage better, right? Because you'd be gone more and she wouldn't have to put up with you. <laughs> so God's like, that's a win-win. There, there you go. <laughs> no, we've seen prayer answered uh, recently and and. Just a wonderful story. If you, if you haven't met Debbie, talk to her, and she could tell you um, just really, really on the verge of death and God raising her up way faster than any doctors could ever imagine. And uh, amen. The Hatcher story, by the way, give a shout out to them. They're watching in Columbia. I didn't even know the internet went that far. Uh, he texted me this morning. He said, man, we're watching in Columbia. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. You answer prayer like that. And, and just over and over again, with the capital campaign, the building, uh, you know, building the building, with the way our church transitioned leadership, that was an answer to prayer. Pastor Don is still riding his bike. That's an answer to prayer. <laughs> like he's, he's a long ways away from here, and he did it on a pedal bike. He's been safe so I, I start to think, man, so God answers prayer, and then he doesn't answer prayer, and then you got the Garth Brooks song, where you're thanking him that he doesn't answer prayer. <laughs> I started thinking this week, like, I don't want my life to be a, I don't want at the end of my life thanking God for more prayer that he didn't answer. I don't want to spend a lot of time praying for things that God's not going to answer, and then get to the end of it and thank him that he didn't answer it, like, most of my ideas were dumb, and I'm glad you didn't go along with them. <laughs> I don't want that to be the testimony of my life. I don't know about you. I want to get to however old I'm going to live, 130 or something by then, and get to the, well, what's your secret to success? God never answered one of my prayers. <laughs> Just didn't happen. Like, I'd pray dumb stuff my whole life. He never answered. He was faithful not to give me what I wanted. I don't want that to be my testimony, by the way. So let, let's, let's set some ground rules for what prayer is, but let, let's start out that way. I think that would be the best way to, to start. So maybe, maybe you're new to the prayer thing. Prayer is a communication with God. Communication. And communication typically, if you're a normal human being, don't look left or right, just focus. If you're a normal human being, pr- communication is, is two ways, right? I talk to you, and then you what? You talk to me. I talk to you, you talk to me. And I find out uh, over the years that the best way to have a great conversation is, is to, I just ask questions like, oh, really? And, and I'll ask another question and they'll respond. And I'll ask another question and they'll respond. And what it does, it makes people feel really good because they do most of the talking. I just gave some of you guys a secret. Shut up a little bit, right? <laughs> 
You ever done the spoon thing when you're in a room full of people and the only person that can talk is the one with the spoon? Some of you are like, you got to sit on your hands because you're, I want to say something, but I, I don't have the spoon. What we do in prayer is that we typically do all the communication. We do all the talking. We just talk, 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 right? We talk, and God's up there like, man, I'd answer this if you just be quiet for a second. Like, I want to, I want to say something to you, but I can't get a word in because you're talking nonstop. See, it's, it's part of our Western culture that we don't, I mean, you come to church in the morning to hear somebody talk. <laughs> and if I just stood here for the next five minutes, what was that, 30 seconds? Some of you are like, we're way uncomfortable. You ever listen to the radio with 30 seconds of silence? Mm. I, I, I have to have noise in my life all the time. And it is not good, but, but I do that. I've actually had to schedule times where I don't have noise because instinctively I just put noise on. I'm not talking about kid noise. That's not good for you. But I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about like music. I just have to have something going all the time. I'll always listen to the radio or something like that. But the issue is in our culture, we're, we're not used to quiet. But if you read through Scripture, God doesn't scream a lot. It's in the still, small voice. It's in the whisper. And so what we've done is we've drowned God out with our incessant talking to him. And so we forgot that prayer is a two-way street where we talk to God and then God talks to us. And in order for God to talk to us, sometimes we just have to sit there and wait for him to say something. But in our American productive society, that's not productive, right? What are you doing? I'm just sitting here waiting on God. You should get him to do something. Because we've been geared towards you got to be doing, accomplishing, making, do, fixing. you got to be moving. You, you can't. No, 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 no. God talked to a lot of people just sitting down doing nothing. They said some things to God, and then they sat there and waited. Western culture, uh, other cultures don't have a problem with that, but our, the way our Western culture is now is, is you're, we're like, God, I've asked three times. It's been like 30 seconds. I don't think you're going to answer. I'm moving on. Like, got to go to work. Catch you the next time. Chalk another one up for not answered prayer. And so we're really rushed with this thing. And I found in my life that I've actually had to schedule not, not just not, not reading the Bible, not, not getting up in the morning and doing the God we want to honor you today. We want you to work through our lives. Not that type of prayer, but schedule the quiet. Schedule the two-way communication, right? Like, like so I'm going to go and sit and not say anything. Some of you are getting nervous already. Like, that's where you get a prayer answered. <laughs> but it's a two-way street. And we have to, that has to be the definition. Or, or God doesn't have a chance to talk to us. And in order to pray the right way, you, you really need to hear from him. Because I don't know about you, but God rarely ever thinks the way I think. And you should be so thankful for that. <laughs> so thankful. God doesn't think the way I think. He doesn't do what I do. So, so, so one of the key things for me to have prayer answered is to, is to know that. So we set some ground rules, right? Prayer, prayer is a two-way communication. 
It's between us and him and him down to us. It's, a, it's important that we get that right. Matthew chapter 6. Here's another thing about prayer. It's not to convince God that what you need is important or worthy of answering. That, that's, we, don't, we don't have to convince God that, hey, no, 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 this is serious this time. Matthew chapter 6, so when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Ow. Sometimes we sound like pagans when we pray. Because it's not a relationship where we say something and then actually want to hear a response. You see, there's times in my marriage where I say something to my wife and I actually want her to respond to me. Believe it or not, it's true. It's true. Because that's what communication is about. So Jesus is telling them, listen, don't just go on babbling like people that don't actually want to hear from God. You ever been in a conversation with somebody asks you a question and then they answer it? I'm going to be honest with you. If you start that, I'm just walk away. I'm like, you got this by yourself, man. I don't even need to be here. I got other things to do. Like you're going to ask your own question and then you're going to ask your question and then answer it. You can do this without me. But we do that a lot of times. We give God the question and the solution. God, I need your help and this is what I want you to do. So what Jesus says was don't, when you pray, don't babble on incessantly like pagans do. That's not the way I want you to pray. He says, when you pray, pray like this. Some of you know it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Stop. Don't even get to the sin part yet. We're not, we're not even ready for to confess your sins yet. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, do you realize, we've talked about this before, God's will is always done in heaven. God's not debating with angels. That happened once, and that angel and all his followers are not there any longer. They didn't, that, 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 that argument didn't go well. So God's not up there like, come on, you've you got to believe I'm right. His will is done all the time in heaven. And so what Jesus said was, if you want prayers answered, don't go on babbling just because you gotta, you're trying to convince God of some, or, or, the, or, the, or the, just the multiplication of words wears God down. That's not the way this works. He said, pray it like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right, so watch this. We're talking about imitating God. So when I act like God, I get what God has. Did you hear that? When I imitate God, when I'm more like God, when I'm doing what God wants me to do, I end up getting what God has. Now let me flesh this out for you in a, in a real life uh, father-son situation. My son is in the back running the camera. Hopefully he's making me look good. Zoom out a little bit. I had a lot for breakfast. Um, so uh, we were doing some work around the house the other day. I had bought a welder. I've never welded before really in my life, but I bought one. And I wanted to learn, and I just love learning new things. And so I'm, I'm like, so I'm learning. My son's 13. I want him to learn. Uh, and that's the excuse I gave to my wife. Like, man, we need this. I teach Carter. <laughs> Husbands, you haven't figured that out yet. You're missing out. I didn't say ask God for things like that, but your wife is totally legal. Um, so 
wouldn't this be great if Carter knew how to weld at 13? <laughs> so, so here's what happens. I get the welder, and, and, and we make some stuff for the house, and Carter's involved in it. I'm letting him play around. I come out the other day, and he's, he's outside of my garage in the back with the gloves on and the welding helmet, and he's out there with a couple pieces of scrap metal just, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's making. I don't even care. <laughs> Welding it. Big smile. I, I got my cell phone out, took pictures of it. I thought, man, this is awesome. He's not playing video games. I can't tell you how bad I hate video games. I think all video games, even the ones that try to be Christian, are devil. <laughs> Just dumb. I hate them. I had, a, I had the original Nintendo for like six weeks, and I was like, what is this? It might have been because I was playing on a black and white TV, but um, we, didn't, we just didn't play it very long. We went outside and did stuff. So he's not playing video games. He's not getting into trouble. He's not, he's doing what I would do. Yeah. And so I'm walking out of the house. I'm looking at him like, this is amazing. He's doing what I would do. And you know what I instantly wanted to do? I wanted him to have better gloves. Because I thought he could get burned. And then that would cost me money. And then that's not cool. No, but I wanted him to have better equipment. We don't have, we, we've got one of the cheap welding masks that you have to flip up and then flip down and flip up and then flip down. Um, and, I, and I just know if you're good, you don't have one of them, right? You've got the auto-dimming one is from what I've been told. So I instantly thought, as my son is trying to figure this thing out, and he's missing where he wants to be, I thought, he's doing what I love for him to do. I want him to have a better welding mask. He didn't even have to ask for it. I want him to have a better one. I want him to have better gloves. I want him to, I want him, I want him to have all the stuff that he needs to succeed in doing, doing this because it's what I want to do, Right? So when we imitate God, we get what God has. So when we pray, so it says, whatever you ask in my name, ask anything in my name, ask anything in my name. And, and, and what we've messed up is we've, we've gone about life just throwing on the name of Jesus like a tagline. Like, Jesus, I need you to eliminate my neighbor in Jesus' name. That's what you said. Ask anything in my name. God's playing his music loud. Done. I read in the Bible where you opened up the ground, sucked up whole families. I'm thinking we could go that route. He doesn't mow his grass anyway, so ain't nobody going to miss it. We just throw Jesus' name on the end of it like he's some fairy, like he's some... Genie, you can rub on the bottle. He pops out and asks you what you want. In Jesus' name, do it. You come into the church and we hear people praying like that. You know, God, heal in Jesus' name. So we just use it as a tagline without even, without even realizing the significance of what we're saying. And so when we imitate God, when we, when we act like God, when we do what God wants us to do, when His will is done, when God, we're praying that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, as, as in it happens in my life every time. Your will over mine. When we can live like that, 
then God will supply everything we need in accordance with accomplishing what he wants us to do. Amen? That's why he says, I know what you need before you even ask of it. Because if you're, if you're doing God's will, then he already knows what it takes to do his will. And so we can have the confidence when we go before God that if we're doing, if we're being who God wants us to be, acting like God, if we're imitating God, then when we get to a spot and we need, Lord, I need you to, I need you to do this so I can, I can honor you. Boom. Done. I had it going before you even asked. Saw Carter over there welding. I instantly went to, he needs a better mask. Have to pay for glasses later. No, he needs a better mask. I want him to have the good stuff. I want him to have the better stuff. He's doing what I would do and I want to fund that. Amen. But so much of our prayer life consists of us trying to communicate to God that our will is actually better than his. Like in an arm wrestling competition with God. When you were young, you used to do it with your spe- like who you wanted to marry, right? She's the right one for me, God. At least that's the way the Garth Brooks song goes. I don't know. Uh, when I was a youth pastor, I used to counsel kids all the time, scream at them. I think I called it counseling. Um, <laughs> and I would tell guys, because I don't know about girls, but guys guys trip hard over girls. It's kind of funny when you're a little older. <laughs> Realize what it turns into. Um, but guys will fall hard. And, and, and I'll say, I used to say to them, listen. If she doesn't love God now, there's no guarantee she'll love God later. So you need to make sure that this is a good thing, right? You need to make sure you're running down the right road. Because God's will for you is that you are in a relationship of like faith. That's God's will. It's in the Bible. I'll read it to you. Blah, 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 blah. Read it to you. And they're like, no, she's great. She's great. Like, she might be a nice individual, but she's going to hell. And... uh <laughs> And we need to get this straight right up from the very beginning. Is she going to drag your sorry butt there with her because you're weak right now? And, um, and you need to listen. Come on, you need to counsel your kids this way. You know what I'm saying? We play all nice. Oh, they're nice people. No, they're not. And so we wrestle with God about what, whether he should do our will or not. We, we, want, we want what we want when we want it. And that's the story of life a lot of times. But when we imitate God, he will supply all of our needs every time so that we can keep doing that. That's what scripture teaches us. Is that you want your prayer success to go up, imitate God more. Because he said, if you ask anything according to his will, we can have the confidence that he will answer. Amen? You know why I'm confident that a building will get built out here? Because we're not building it, just have a building. Because... Because I know the will of God is to make disciples. I know the will of God is that the gospel go far. Actually says this gospel will be preached to the whole world and the end will come. So I, I, I'm thinking God's will, which Job says no plans of his can ever be thwarted. So do you realize when we argue against God's will, we're doing it, we're doing it for no reason. Because no argument made of man can ever thwart the will of God. So what we do is we just struggle for no reason. 
But if we align ourselves with the will of God, then we have the confidence, John says, we have the confidence that whatever we ask according to that will will happen. So God, your will is to make disciples. So I'm all in for that. And so this is, this is a part of accomplishing making more disciples. So I have the confidence that he'll provide for it every time. Amen? Now, if we went into it, Lord, we want to have the fanciest church building anyone has ever seen. For what? I don't know. It's like fancy buildings. I don't believe fancy buildings are necessarily God's will. Amen? Lord, we want a building that can, we can, we can, more people can gather together and worship you. Okay? We can do that. What else do you want to do as a church? Lord, we're going to spread your gospel far and wide. Okay, I'll support that. That was my will. I'll fund that. I'll send people on mission trips. I'll make things happen. Yeah, I'll fund that. That was the last missus trip we went on. I, I don't know. Money fell out of the sky for people. You know why? Because they were doing God's will, not arguing with him about what they would like. If we imitate God, do what God does and you'll get what God has. Okay, the second thing, watch this. Fruitful prayers. I don't know why I have trouble saying fruitful. But fruitful prayers produce fruitful lives. Ask yourself what your prayers are going to produce. You ever ask that? If God gives me what I want right now, what would that produce in my life? You're like, a lot of fun. (laughs) Fruitful prayers produce fruitful lives. What does it say in John? We just read that. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and what? Bear fruit, fruit that will last. So he said, I chose you to live a life that will produce fruit. If you do my will, it will produce fruit. So the, the, the issue is he wants your life to produce fruit. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Why is he going to give it to you? Because you're going to live a life that what? According to his will, it will produce fruit. So then we turn to Galatians. And what does Paul say about fruit? He was like, this is the fruit of the Spirit. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. He says, when you are doing the will of God and God is answering those prayers, those prayers should produce fruit in your life and this is what it should look like. Are you praying to be more loving? God will answer that every time. (laughs) See, the issue is I pray for God to fix somebody else and he wants me to produce fruit in my life, which means I have to change the way I pray. Because the way he's going to fix somebody else is oftentimes going to be to answer the prayer of fruitfulness in my life to be more loving. Now you're like, oh man. He's going to start with that that love that enemy stuff. Do good to those that persecute you, right? He's going to start talking about that. Well, I don't know. It says, it says that he, he knew us beforehand, and he, and he called us beforehand to produce fruit in our lives, and that if we're producing that fruit, those prayers will be answered, and there'll be prayers that help us produce fruit. Amen? So, can you be more peaceful? And are you praying that? Can you be more loving? And are you praying that? Can you be more patient? And are you praying that? You know what? God will answer your prayer for patience every time. He will give you kids. <laughs> Lord, I didn't pray to be pregnant. You prayed for patience, bro. <laughs> I 
Analyze your prayers. Analyze your conversations with God. God, am I praying for things that will make me fruitful? Or am I praying for things that will make me wasteful? Watch this. Here's something else we should be producing. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them everything I have commanded you. He said he'd be with us to the end if we did that. So our lives should not only be producing more patience, more joy, all these things, more faithfulness. It should also be producing more people, right? So a good church should be full of people that are patient, loving, kind, all these things. But it should be growing because we're producing more disciples. Amen? So for everybody that's like, I don't like big churches. I'm not saying you have to, we have to cram 7,000 people in the same room. But if we're doing what God's will is, we should be making more disciples on a consistent basis. Somebody say amen. Thank you. So watch this. Every time you pray a prayer, Lord, help me tell somebody else about you. Guess what he will do? Answer it. Every time you say, Lord, equip me financially to be able to spread your gospel farther than I ever have before. Equip me financially to be able to be more generous than I've ever been before. You know what I believe he'll do? Answer it. But here's the way our prayers typically go with that stuff. Lord, I think that person's okay. I really want this. And if there's anything left over, Lord, you got it. Right? And God goes, hmm. I want my prayers to be answered. Every time I've prayed, Lord, Lord, I want, I want to be generous I want the gospel to go forward because of that. You know what he's done? Without fail. Without fail. And you know what he's also done? He's also provided me vehicles to drive in and a house to live in. And you could tell I don't skip meals. And, 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 and he's provided everything else I've needed because I wanted, I, I was praying to do his will first. So I'm not going to give my kid a new welding helmet and then not feed it. I'm going to provide all that he needs to accomplish what I've called him to do. So fruitful prayers produce fruitful lives. The third thing, watch this. Prayers that glorify God get answered every time. So if we're imitating God, if we're doing his will, he, he will supply. If we're praying prayers that will make our lives fruitful, he will answer them. And if we're praying prayers that glorify God, he will answer them. Watch this. We live in a society that more than ever before, everybody wants to be famous. I'm kind of in this middle age thing where I didn't grow up with the internet, but I was young enough that when the internet came around, we were in our mid-twenties probably when it really got popular, when when it didn't take all day to read the newspaper online. Probably probably beyond that, we were probably 30s when when it really took off. So I'm, I'm kind of in this span where I, I know what it's like to not have it. I know what it's like to not have a cell phone. I know what it's like to not be able to get a hold of me. God, I love those days. <laughs> I remember what it was like to have to pull over to a pay phone 
in an emergency. Now I know what it's like when you don't answer a text. 30 seconds after somebody sends, somebody chuckled over here and I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> so here's the thing. What I've seen happen is, man, back when I was growing up, you had to be on TV to be famous, really. I mean, there's like one shot. Like you got on TV and that's what made you famous. Now, you could be famous without TV ever. I mean, like you don't even need TV. You could have seven gajillion Instagram followers and be more famous than anybody I've ever met. I don't even know how it works. Like, I got 200 Instagram followers and thought, I have arrived. What are you laughing at? I thought that was a pretty high number. 200? My kids started laughing at me when I told them that. I'm like, man, we crested 200. And they're like, we have friends at school that have 7,000. And I'm like, I'm not even trying to be famous. So I said, I'm not even trying to be famous. 200, didn't even try. Tell your friend that. Never asked for a like. One time, never asked. But here's what I know. We glorify ourselves a lot, don't we? And I always have to filter my prayer through, is this glorifying me or glorifying God? Because God will not answer a prayer that glorifies me. Matter of fact, he said, if you will humble yourself, he will raise you up. But if you spend most of the time trying to glorify yourself, he it, the exact opposite he promises will happen. So what type of prayers are Lord, give me this so I can look better. Lord, give me this so everything, people look at me better. Lord, give me this so the boss will give me a promotion. Give me this. No, it's God. How do I glorify you through my daily life? Lord, is there a way I can glorify you through my job? Show me what that looks like. Lord, is there a way I can glorify you through, through, through my marriage? Is there a way I can glorify you in school? Is there a way I can glorify you? Because I know if I'm praying to glorify you, you'll answer every prayer I send up. Because he said, he said he will, anything you ask in Jesus' name to bring glory to the Father through the Son. He's saying, you put my name on the end of it, and if your goal is to glorify God through that, Boom, anything you ask. But if you're trying to elevate yourself, don't do it. Don't waste your time. James writes about this in James chapter 4, James chapter 1. No, it is James chapter 4. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires to battle within you? Desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. He's like, you're constantly trying to glorify yourself, constantly trying to get what you want. So this, this is what he says. When you, he said, you do not have because you do not ask God. And when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. He says, you're not trying to do God's will or glorify him in the meantime. So he's not giving you what you want. Most of our prayer should be us trying to conform our will to God's. The most significant prayer Jesus ever prayed was not my will, but yours be done. And the reason you have salvation today is because he prayed that. 
because it would have been just as easy for him to walk out of that garden of Gethsemane, not get arrested, not go through all the torment. He did not, the flesh side of him did not want to do that, but he prayed in that moment, you sent me here to glorify you. And so not my will, but yours be done. And I believe if as a church and individuals, if 99% of our prayers looked and sounded like that, he'd have no problem answering any of them. Lord, I'm waking up today to do your will. I know I have desires in my heart, but I pray that those desires would conform to your will for my life. And so today, Lord, I'm going to be concentrating on honoring you. And I know you'll supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. I know if something pops up, I can ask for it in Jesus' name. Because my goal in life is to glorify and honor you and to complete your will in my life. To produce fruit in keeping with the Spirit. It's to produce disciples. And I am 100% on board with that. Provide all I need in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the way he told us to pray, right? All right, stand to your feet. This is the last one. Our attention spans are short, right? So we do things like this. Lord, I need you to heal me. And then like 10 minutes later, you're still the same way. You're like, well, you told me at church to try that. It didn't work. Can I encourage you today? Do not give up until you 100% know the will of God. Don't give up. I remember um, when my wife and I started dating, um, she asked me like four times to go out, and I was like, eh, I don't know. Now you know why God doesn't answer my prayers. <laughs> I'm not very honest. Um, So what actually happened is I asked her three times. I'm tenacious, persistent, unyielding. I keep going and going and going. I do not give up easy. Beat me down and tell me no, and I'll come back the next day. So I kept asking. And I kept asking. And I said, Lord, how many times do you want me to ask? 70 times seven? No, that was forgiveness. How many times did we stop short of knowing the will of God? Because the first time we didn't hear anything. The second time we might not have heard anything. So I just kept asking until she gave in. I don't know if it's what she really wanted to do, but she felt bad for me and she said yes. I just kept asking. I thought, man, I really want to know her. And what we do with God is we ask one time, we don't hear anything, and then we just move on to something else. As if his relationship isn't worth waiting. As if the benefits from being in a relationship with him aren't worth being a little bit patient. And I could tell you after being married almost 21 years that it was worth asking four times. Now, there have been times over those 21 years that she was like, why did I say yes for the fourth time? I had a streak. I could have kept saying no. 
James chapter 1 says, if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. Come on, church. If you don't know what you're doing, James says, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believing without a second thought. James is following up what's written in John. He said, he's saying, listen, listen, when you're, not, when you're not sure about what's happening, you ask God boldly. I need your help right now. I need to understand your will for my life, and I want to pray according to that. So I'm going to keep asking until I understand it. And what does he say? God will not be condescending to you. He loves to help. How many times do I love it when my kids come to me and say, Dad, I don't understand. I want your help. on. I want you to show me how to be a welder. And I'm like, you came to the right place, boy. God loves us with an everlasting love. And he's waiting on you to ask him what his will is. He's waiting on you to say, God, I want to do what you've called me to do. Could you provide for me to do that in the meantime? He's waiting on churches to rise up and do that. So my, my prayer today is we get out of the wrestling match with God and we just say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done in my life as it is in heaven all the time. God, bend my will to yours. Let me submit to you. And I pray that you'd supply all of my needs as I do that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, Father, we thank you this morning. We pray, Lord, that at the end of our lives we'd have more prayers answered than not. I pray that we'd be a church that it gets really good at praying your will. I pray, Lord, that we get where we're, we're a church that prays prayers that glorify you. I pray that we'd imitate you and that as we do, you'd answer our request, God. I pray that our prayers would produce fruit in our lives. In keeping with your spirit, I pray that we produce disciples, God. And I pray that we'd learn how to pray so that you will answer. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Come on, could you give him honor and glory one more time?